0: Thank you, worship team. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we are gathered, some here, uh, but most in homes, gathered with their family, uh, sharing together around a tablet or a phone or a TV, we, we gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. What a joy it is to sing of the gospel, to speak of, of hope and peace and, and confidence, and joy in this moment. Father, we are those who have been changed by you. We, we are never, ever the same. You have called us out of death and, and brought us into life. And you've done all of these things of your free will in lavish grace for your glory. And all through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. It is in his name that we gather, it is, it is in his name that we pray, it is in his name that we preach and proclaim hope and joy and life and confidence in the face of whatever there is to come. Oh Lord, lead us now as we look into your word and uh, give grace and 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 give us a focus. I pray that that as we are gathered in all these various places and all the potential distractions that you would help us to just lock eyes with you, to hear from you in a special way through the power of your holy spirit in this time. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, it's a it's a a different experience that we're having this weekend. I didn't expect to find This here, we've got some who are scattered throughout the chairs in the church, but most of you are are looking right there through the camera online, just want to say hello, and uh, we're recording this on Saturday night, but our goal is that you can participate with us uh, on Sunday morning, as if we were all together in our chairs here today. It was quite a week to experience, and the call that we had to make to cancel church was not an easy one. Uh you know me, I don't like to cancel church for any reason, uh, but we came to the place where we felt like it was loving not only for those at risk in our congregation, but also to love our neighbors, uh, those in our community who may be at risk because of our gathering together. And so with those reasons in view, we, we prayed and talked as elders and decided this would be the best way to go, at least for now, and we're going to continue to weigh these things. Um, we're we're experiencing this this corona pandemic. Uh, and boy, I mean, there are countries right now on lockdown. Uh, some countries are experiencing minimal effects. We are trying our best to keep what is taking place south of us from moving up and running more wildly uh, through the, the population here in Whatcom County. And uh, so, you know, please continue to pray uh, for God to just really restrain this virus and that these actions would be effective to, to roll this thing back and help life to get back to normal. Um, it's an interesting experience to have. I, I put up some of the words that I have felt this week. Uh, I imagine some of you can share in, in these experiences. Tremendous interruption. Inconvenience, absolutely yes, that is for sure. Disruption, frustration, frustration. You know, I like my routine, I like my rhythm, and this is absolutely not that. This is upside down. Uh, the uncertainty, the anxieties, the worry, even the fears of what is this thing? What, what is actually going on? What, what may happen in the weeks ahead? We don't know. Isolation and boredom. Sometimes those two go hand in hand. We haven't experienced that yet by God's grace I love that my parents are here visiting. We're, we're in, uh, in, in isolation together with them and having a blast. But my goodness, the, the, the windstorm last night, very little sleep, and, uh, and no internet for a while. I got to looking around. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I mean, there's no NBA, and neither is there a TV anymore with no internet, and, uh, and I caught myself being irritated. You know, the other interesting thing is that you can become inundated by watching the news. You can become so fixed on this issue that it's all you think about, and it's all consuming, and then it begins to just weigh you down, and you lose your joy. There's health concerns, people that we know, that we love, that I'm concerned about for their health. There are family concerns, uh, right? You know, even within our own immediate families, people that we want to be cared for and, and, and protected in this. There's a community concern that we share, a love for our neighbor that is, is real, and it weighs and, and has implications on the choices that we make. A financial concern, I'm thinking about small businesses, the challenges that many of you will be facing as kind of the domino effect of this experience. And certainly political concerns, we're in an election year, and you know, inevitably there's people that try to jump on these things and make it political, and all of these things kind of come together for us in a big snowball of what is this and how do we respond? And so going to the Word is a good place to go. Get our cue, get a good response. What, what do we need to be paying attention of in our hearts and how can we do this well? I think uh, really the challenge that it is is as much an opportunity. For Christians, for believers, for those of us who who carry the name of Christ, we carry this as much an opportunity to shine, to stand out from all of the other frustrations and those who would respond in in maybe sinful and, and, I don't know, normal ways to our world. We have an opportunity to do this. Listen to what James says Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. When you meet trials of various kinds. Why? Well, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, that's a call for us. There is joy to be not only found, but delighted in and enjoyed. We find that in the Lord, in our confidence, in His work, in His ability to use these challenges and and trying circumstances to accomplish good in our own lives, to grow us and strengthen us, to make us complete and effective, equipped for the good works that we're called to. Now, what's interesting about the Christian faith is unlike Buddhism, we don't have to pretend like everything's okay because there are days that we're going to struggle. There are days that we're, we're going to have a hard time doing what James has called us to do here. The Christian faith does not say, just pretend like everything's okay, create your own reality, and ignore what is actually happening. The, the Christian faith, from the Scriptures, calls us into the real world, in, in many ways, to see things the way that they really are, in other people just refuse to engage. So how can we do that with this corona experience that we are sharing together this week and maybe the coming weeks? That was the question on my mind as I decided to pause our series through the Gospel of Luke and share together this this morning in Psalm 91, verses 1 through 16, the title of the sermon, How to Handle Hidden Danger, Hidden Danger. And isn't that what we're experiencing? I mean, what's weird is I'm I'm in a room right now with people, a handful of people, and none of us know if, in fact, we're infected with this thing. Maybe one, maybe three or four, maybe all of us or, or none of us may have this thing. We don't know. That is out of our control. It is unnerving to experience what it's like to to not know, to not be able to control this kind of thing. And as a culture, I think that's what's really one of the harder things to grapple with. So how are we to respond as Christians? What, What should our response be? Where should we turn? And how should we walk this out? How can we shine in the midst of this corona experience? Psalm 91 is loaded with tremendous wisdom and encouragement from the psalmist Uh, The the 90th psalm was written by Moses just before this one. We don't know the author of this psalm, but it is spectacular. And what I'd like to do is just walk walk our way through it together and spend a few minutes. You can, with your families there at at home, uh, share in this together. And then afterwards, take some time and discuss this and put it to work. Make sure we apply these things to the way we walk this out together. Let's begin in verse 1. The first thing I think we should do is run to the refuge. Run to the refuge. How do you handle hidden danger? Number one, run to the refuge. Listen to verses one and two. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. What a statement of confidence. This is, friends, this is the right place to turn. This is exactly where we should go. When we're dealing with hidden danger, things that are above our ability to predict or control, run to the rock. Run to the refuge. Run to the fortress. That is our God. And pull apart some of these words and, and consider them up close. Listen to the descriptions of who God is for us in these words. He's a shelter for us. He is a, a shadow or shade for us on a hot day when you need a break from the sun, the heat. Go to the Lord. He is a shade, a place to to get under and find relief. He is a refuge for us and a fortress. I'm hoping that you can see on the screen here I I found a picture of a spectacular castle up on the top of a knoll, uh, of a hill. And it spreads out all down below. And I I picture myself right here where this picture was taken, looking at the castle and saying, where do I go? Where do I run? And the first call is, run to the fortress. Run to the refuge. He's there. He's waiting. He is what we need, the Lord. Two words describe God here. The first in Hebrew is, El El Elyon the Most High think of this a word that speaks of His uh, preeminence over all He is supreme He is above all He has all power there is no rival to this God He is the Most High God El El Yon. make Him your shelter the Most High and the other word is the Almighty or El Shaddai so el yon and el shaddai he is our god the place to run the fortress these are great words that are used really reminiscent of moses and a lot of the genesis language that the lord used himself to describe who he was through his servant moses you think about these words and how they meet us in our situation right we we don't come with these things we don't come almighty We don't come as the Most High. We come as as weak and needy people. We come as those who are frail and fragile. We we don't know how this is all going to play out. We don't know what is going to happen tomorrow or ten days from now. But there is one who does. There is one who delights when frail and weak people like you and me run to Him. He delights in that to show His strength in our weakness. He meets us in our need. He he is a God of compassion who meets our frailty with joy. Come, come on, come. Come into the shelter. Come under my wing. Let me protect you. Find in me your comfort. Look to my strength, He says. You who are weak There is a place to run. There is a fortress. It is impenetrable. It is invincible. It is our God, the Most High, the Almighty. Two words describe how we are to come. What does it look like to come to this kind of God, the Most High God, the the Almighty God? We are to come dwelling and abiding to Him. Now, this is a fascinating thing to consider. If you dwell... In the shelter of El Yon, the Most High, you will abide, or you will be experiencing what it's like to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. To dwell and abide means to make your home, your abode. This is where you live. You live there, in Him, in His strength, in His joy, in His love. Live under His wings. I think often of a, like a little chick and a mother hen. You think of all those feathers and how warm they are on a cold day. And the chicks would come and and the mother hen would, would spread her wings out and pull them in. That is our God. That is His love. He loves to be that for us. Dwell there. Live there. Don't leave that place. Don't run out of the fortress. Make your home there. And you will dwell secure. The safest place is at home. Now, I was just struck by the irony of this situation we find ourselves in. Many of us are spending a lot more time at home. That, ironically, is what seems to be the best strategy for fighting this coronavirus. The safest place is at home. And that's what the psalmist is telling us only on a spiritual level. He's saying, listen, guys, the safest place is at home with the Almighty God. Don't look anywhere else. You're not going to find peace. You're not going to find the comfort, the strength that you need to deal with reality by running away from the fortress. Run to him. Dwell there. Live there. Find your safety there. He goes on and he says this. Here's a reason, a, a list of reasons why we should make our dwelling with the Most High God, the Almighty God. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence, and we can identify with that, can we not? The, the, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday there is a confidence that comes. It, it, it's, it's a fear-erasing confidence. And it comes when we find ourselves under His wing, in the shadow of His love, resting in Him, running to Him, trusting Him. It's interesting, the, the imageries that are described here, the psalmist wants us to think of some different situations. If we're a bird than the trap right there's a trap that's been laid and and you don't know where it is you're just going through life you may land on this branch and boom it gets you the net the snare or the pestilence you're going to costco you don't know where the germs are you don't know who touched that cart you you just don't know where should we go how do we deal with this well there is one who knows there is a God who protects. There is a God who is able to watch over you. Run to Him. Look to Him. Regard Him. Honor Him. How do you respond? How do you handle hidden dangers? Isn't that interesting how this happens? This is on his mind. The psalmist is like, how do we do this? What, how do we rest in, in, in calm and in peace and, and confidence When, in fact, there is a lot of people who are responding in fear. Well, for the Christian, the answer is run to the rock, run to the refuge, who is our God. Now, the question is, does that mean that every Christian is going to escape having corona? Is that what he's saying to us here? That's definitely not what he's saying. He's not promising immunity from the trials of life. What he speaks of here is something far more real, far deeper, at a deeper level. There is a security that we have. Come what may, he is sovereign. He is, he is aware. He knows where the traps are. He knows where the germs are. Nothing is going to pass by the grid of his sovereign care for us. And so, yes, we are secure, even if the corona comes our way. We dwell secure in Him. There is a spiritual stability that we have when we dwell in Him. I think of Romans and what Paul said in chapter 8. Here's verse 31 and then 38 and 39 together. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, nor coronavirus, right? Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. We dwell secure when we dwell in Him. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. He is our hilltop fortress. He is our hilltop fortress. Run to Him. The confidence looks a certain way. Look at some of these truths, these realities. Number one, God is sovereign. What does that mean? Well, He rules. He reigns. He is Lord over all things. There is no rogue molecule that floats around in this entire universe. He is sovereign over that he moves the particles of dust that float across the sunbeam on a sunny day in a dark room that's how involved he is there is nothing that escapes his rule and reign and that includes what we're dealing with right now the coronavirus itself he knows exactly where it is he knows how it's moving He knows what we don't know, what the entire world is unable to predict or find out, God is in complete control over. The second reality is that God is good. He is good. He isn't just raw power, He is power and love. He is is one who is is, is true and trustworthy. He He is infinitely good. He sets the bar for all that is good. And God is working. Now, Someone once said, when God does one thing, He's doing a billion things. And that is true of this situation we find ourselves in. He can be working right now to strengthen a family member that is experiencing your little home church experience that otherwise may not have been in the room with us this morning. Think of that. Maybe God is doing one thing in a million things in your life today that otherwise this wouldn't have been your experience today. See, see, he can do that. He's big enough. He's working, and he's faithful. He's faithful. He doesn't do halfway work. When he begins a job, he finishes a job. When he starts to work in your life, he's going to bring it to completion. So trust him. Rest in him. You dwell secure. You dwell secure. That's how Paul was able to say words like this. For to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. What is the worst possible scenario for the believer who's resting and trusting and dwelling secure in the shadow of his wing, in the fortress? The worst thing? Death? Really? Gain. It's gain. We dwell secure. Oh, if the halls of those who have come before the the crowd that cheers us on in our race in Hebrews 11, if, if that group could give us encouragement today, this is one of the things they would point us to. God is in control. What is the worst possible scenario? It's your gain. Because Jesus is the fortress. Now, the second point. Number one, run to the refuge. Number two, rest in his reassurance. Rest in his reassurance. Listen to verses 7 through 13 here. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because uh, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague shall come near your tent. Wow. Now think about some of the moments in the Old Testament where there were plagues that were sent by the Lord, plagues that came as a direct application of his wrath on the enemies. Even think of uh, of Egypt, right? When the Lord delivered his people, those plagues moved. The angel of death moved through the camp at night To bring judgment on those, all of those who had not painted their doorposts with the blood of the sacrifice of the Lamb. When you are dwelling in Him, when you walk with Him, you dwell secure from the, the ravages of His wrath. What's interesting is that there are two responses to the reality of God. There are two responses to the challenges of life. These responses could be boiled down into this. Either you harden your heart in faithless rebellion, you run from Him, you rail against Him, or you run to Him as a refuge. You acknowledge your need, you run in and you say, save me, help me, I need you, I trust in you, I rely upon you. One response is inviting God's judgment. The other response is embracing God's salvation. Friends, I pray that you're in the group that runs to Him today. Be in the group of people that delight to run to Him. Find safe harbor in His provision of salvation. I was thinking about Isaiah 40 and in connection with this word recompense. He's, he's bringing recompense on the unrighteous. Listen to how it said in Isaiah 40. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules uh, for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense goes before him. And he will tend his flock. Now think of the contrast here. Strength, reward, and recompense. Judgment. And he comes. He comes as a shepherd. Listen to the tender, the the, the tenderness of the shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. What is Isaiah calling us to? This is the same thing in the Psalm. Don't rail against him. Don't invite recompense from him. Run to him. Embrace him as your your hope, as your refuge, and you will find in him a shepherd, a gentle, loving, compassionate shepherd. I want to be really clear. I don't want to be so reductionistic as to suggest somehow that that Corona is just God's judgment that's just raining down upon the earth. And that's why everybody who gets it, well, that's what they were supposed to get. God is judging you. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. God can be accomplishing judgment and at the same time, salvation. The question is, how will we respond And my call, my encouragement is that all of us together would run to him, soften our hearts, find hope, find a shepherd of compassion and joy and grace. Hmm. The psalmist goes on, listen to this, this promise. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder of the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. So what do we take from this? One of the things that stands out to me is just the tremendous resources that God has. It's as if he's saying, listen, you know, we could spend all day considering the, the invincible fortress that he is. We've talked about that. Let me add to the equation the resources that he can bring to bear for those who run to him. First, thinking of just the infinite resources of the Godhead, of of who he is in himself. Endless power. Infinitely good and glorious and loving and grace-filled. And then, as if to add to that, he just wants to say, don't forget He has myriads, armies of angels that he commands that do his bidding and he delights to to employ the work of those angels for your protection and for your help such that they would even keep you from striking your foot. Think of that. We don't often think of the angelic world. We don't often understand how all of this, the spiritual reality is happening, but, but there are real angels And they delight to obey God fully. And he gives them command and they move and they do his bidding and they minister his grace in our lives in ways that we don't even know. Why would we not run to him? Why would we not make our dwelling there a God so overflowing with opportunities to bless? This is what David said in Psalm 63. For you, O Lord, you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. I sing for joy. May we be like David. So, how do we handle these hidden dangers? Run to the refuge who is God, rest in his reassurance, and number three, rely on his promises. Rely on cling to them believe them trust in them hold on to them when that may be all we have that we're holding on to in these situations that are challenging to us verses 14 through 16 they mark an interesting change now the psalmist up to this point has been kind of calling us to these things and imploring us to trust the lord now he is going to turn and god is going to address us he's going to speak to us eight incredible promises from God to us through the psalmist. Listen to these verses. Because he holds fast to me in love, God says, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's just a, a shotgun blast of promise given to those who run to the Lord. Holding fast to God in love. What an interesting thing to describe our call to do. It's not just cling to Him. It's not just the duty, like you need to get into that castle. You need to rely upon Him. I will do it. No, it's more than that. The call is love Him. Love Him as you hold on to Him. Delight in Him. May He be your joy, your delight, your, your overflowing treasure, your heart. Hold fast to Him in love. There's a tenacious love, a tenacious, unyielding. I will run to Him. I will cling to Him. You think of Job, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. He is my hope. I will hold fast to him in love. Look at these eight promises, deliverance, protection. I will do it, God says. I will deliver you. I will protect you. I will answer you when you call. And I will be with you in trouble. Oh, the promise of Jesus as he left, right? I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I will rescue you. I will vindicate or honor you. And I will satisfy you. Oh, friends, is that not one of the most precious promises? For all of us who long to be satisfied and are inclined to look everywhere else in this world for satisfaction in food or or drink or, or sex or money or whatever it might be to try to find the satisfaction. God says, listen, you run to my fortress, get under my wings, and I will satisfy your soul. I will show you the pleasures of being mine and dwelling secure with me. And number eight, I will show you salvation. I will save you I will save you. These are spectacular promises. And just step back and look at that list and ask the question, why? Why would he do that for me? Why would God do those things for any of us? Friends, we're sinners. We're we're rebels. We are we are not worthy. Of that list the answer is not because of our worth the answer is because of his worth that's how good a God he is that's the kind of God he is a kind of God that would overflow in compassion and grace and mercy on those who don't deserve it a God who delights to save those who otherwise should perish under his wrath. Hmm. You are my hiding place. You are a hiding place for me, David says. You preserve me from trouble. You, you surround me with shouts of deliverance. Not because I'm impressive, not because I have earned this salvation, but because you are impressive and you delight to give it freely in grace and mercy. I was thinking about Jesus calming the storm. I thinking about how we pray for situations like this. I, I've been praying that the Lord would, would just turn the tide of this global nightmare that we're experiencing. That there would be mercy and grace. That he would simply just cause Africa to just not have this experience. And just looking at, at the ravages of some of these very modern, very medically equipped countries and and saying, oh, can you imagine what would happen if this were to move through Africa and pleading, Lord, in in your grace and mercy, would you just somehow just speak across this peace be still as Jesus did and just calm the sea, make it just go away? Is that a foolish prayer to pray? Is he able to do that? Friends, yes, he is. He can do that. Like that. No more corona. Ever. That's it. He is able. He can. It's right to pray prayers like that, pleading, Lord, if it please you if it if it glorify you if it if it be according to your will then in your grace and mercy do this but here's the reality sometimes he chooses not to calm the storm sometimes he chooses to calm the heart in the midst of the storm sometimes the words that we need him to speak to our heart is exactly that peace be still cling to me, trust me, be tenacious, wait for me, look to me, I am there, I am working, I am able, I am good, I am faithful. Our response this morning, I was thinking about this castle and thinking about this longing that all of us just would would have to just run and find safe harbor in that castle to, to be secure from all of the, the hidden threats. But the reality is, friends, there's only one door to that castle. The key to the fortress gate is just one. It is a very narrow experience. Everything comes down to one, one little spot in this equation. There is only one way in, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. It is Jesus Christ that the Father has given to be the key that unlocks the castle of salvation. He is the only hope for sinners, for rebels, for those who deserve salvation. The judgment of God. Only Jesus is the key. Listen to what Jesus himself said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into this castle. You will not enter into this castle except through me. If you want to come to the Father, if you want to come experience all of these blessings, these tremendous joys that are true and real that I've experienced and many here have and you as well, the only way is through Jesus Christ. This is the good news that we preach at this church every week. It's the good news that we just sang Today, it's the the good news that we sing every week that as long as the Lord tarries and and doesn't come to return and, and bring us home, we're gonna just keep singing this and preaching this good news. This is the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ, his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish under the judgment and wrath of God for their sins, but have eternal life in the fortress, safe and secure. That's the good news. And so we land here. The greatest thing I can do to comfort and encourage you today is to point you to Jesus Christ. Point you to the cross. Point you to the reality of His finished work. He took the wrath he died the death that we deserve and he rose victorious over the grave such that we don't fear we don't fear death he is the key to the castle the only key to the castle the only way in the only peace you will find in your life with the father is through Jesus Christ and so it's my prayer as you listen and talk and and discuss these things, that that all of these conversations would pivot right there on Jesus, that, that He would be the focal point of all of this longing and the joy of all those who enter into this very real and reassuring comfort. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for the way that your word is used in our lives to shore up our confidence in you, our strength, our, our, our joy. I thank you, Father, for these incredible promises, for even the psalmist that you use to point us to these truths, for his delight in you, his, his own experience that he shares with us of what it's like to be in the safe harbor in the fortress found under the shadow of your wings. Oh, Lord, I have experienced this as well, and I, I'm so grateful. I pray that, that all would, would listen today and, and, and respond this way, that through Jesus Christ, those doors would fling wide open, and that we could know this comfort and joy and peace. I pray, Lord, for those who have experienced forgiveness in life through Jesus Christ, who have been joyfully just released into this incredible palace of peace and this fortress of your love. I pray that we would be reminded of it. Oh, sometimes we get distracted, we get, we get nervous, and we begin to look other places to try to find comfort and, and, and to, to reassure our hearts. Lord, help us to run into this castle over and over and over. Help us to run to the rock, the refuge, to cling to you. We thank you for all the things that you do to, to encourage us and strengthen us and comfort us and protect us. We pray that you would be glorified in the way that we live. And Lord, that you would use us to shine. Help us to be quick to point to you, to your son Jesus, to this castle lack of fear that we know in this life. I pray that you would be glorified as your saints all around the world go through this experience, that you would use us to to display the good news of the gospel, and that even through corona, your kingdom would advance powerfully, that many would be saved and dwell secure forever through Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Good Shepherd Community Church, may you go this week confident that that is your future. You dwell secure in Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Lord, your King, your joy, your treasure, your reward. And may you shine. May you shine from your living room as you rest in peace and confidence. Right? Your home, your home, that's okay he's on the throne. May you go in your interactions, maybe your phone calls, your emails, may it shine bright of the confidence that you have in Jesus Christ, your Savior and Lord. Run to the refuge, rest in his reassurance, and rely on his promises. Amen? Go in peace.